0: The title of what I'm sharing with you this morning is Hearing God. That is what we're speaking about. So please turn so long to 1 Samuel chapter 3 as we are talking about hearing God today. I'm also trusting that this will be a moment of breakthrough for people who are children of God that confess, I can't hear God. I don't hear His voice. I'm believing that things are going to break and that the truth would set free in that regard. Now, as an introduction, I want to say that one of the most valuable things in life is the ability to hear God. Would you agree with that? One of the most valuable things that we can hear him, that we can recognize the voice of God and know the voice of God. It can literally transform your life. And also, it is wonderful that it is possible for every single believer, every single child of God to hear the voice of God. Don't think, well, this is only for people who've gone to Bible college or this is for life group leaders, or this is only for pastors. No, every one of God's children are blessed to be able to hear God. God wants to speak to you. He loves to speak to you. He wants to speak to you about your day. God wants to talk to you about your children. He wants to remind you of His love for you. As you're going through the day, Do you know that God wants to talk to you about your decisions? He wants to help you make decisions, the little ones and the big ones. He wants to be involved. God wants to give you wisdom and creative ideas because God's thoughts are better than our thoughts. And as you run in your company, God wants to give you wisdom, which is way above your own wisdom. He wants to speak and help you succeed. God wants to give you creative thoughts, God wants to remind you not to fear. Maybe it's getting late afternoon, early evening, and suddenly you have some fearful thoughts and God's voice wants to come and say, no, 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 don't fear, I'm with you. Do not fear, I'm with you. God wants to reassure you of his presence. And so let's look at a story in God's word. And it's the story of God speaking to a young boy by the name of Samuel. This is the the same Samuel that went on to be a great uh, uh, priest of God, a high priest uh, and a prophet of God. Pick it up in 1 Samuel chapter three and verse one to 18. And by the way, as we're going through it, if you'll forgive me, but I'm just gonna stop here and there and just mention a couple of things because there's a lot of richness in this text. It says, now, the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli. He as a young boy, he was serving in the house of the Lord. He would perhaps sing in the house of the Lord. We know that he would open and close the doors. Perhaps he was also helping to clean. He would light candles and lamps and so on. And also specifically, he was attending to Eli as the high priest. Isn't it wonderful for a young boy to be serving in the house of the Lord? It's lovely. It says, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. And it came to pass at that time, while Eli was lying down in his place, and when his eyes had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, And before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord, where the ark of God was, and while Samuel was lying down, that the Lord called Samuel. Before we carry on, I want to mention one or two things here. It's interesting that it says of Eli, this uh, priest, the high priest of God that was getting older, that his eyes began to be dim and he could not see. I would suggest that there was also a spiritual dimension to that because perhaps he had not continued to actively look for the purposes of God in, in, as in earlier years. And so prophetic vision was beginning to wane in the nation at that point in time because the high priest was not really doing what he was supposed to do. It also says, before the lamp of God went out uh, in the tabernacle uh, of the Lord where the ark was. And in terms of that, what would happen is, when it got closer to nighttime, they would light lamps and candles in the tabernacle or the temple. And these would burn right throughout the night until morning. Some of them might go out before it actually reaches to to the dawn of the day. And some of them would still be burning and then they would be blown out. And so this was an interesting context as you just imagine. That must have been a beautiful tabernacle and a real sense of the holiness of God in that place. And it says, and before the lamp of the God went out in the tabernacle, it says, and while Samuel was lying down, would you please say lying down, down." that the Lord called Samuel, here it is, God called Samuel, and he answered, here I am. So he ran to Eli and said, here I am, for you called me, now it's interesting because it seems as though there was perhaps an audible voice, actually, that Samuel heard. It sounded like, must have been a man's voice. Maybe, so the first thing he thought, well, this must be Eli's voice. And so he goes and he runs to Eli. And Eli says, uh, says to him, I did not call. So he, uh, so, yeah, so he ran to Eli and said, here I am, he called. And he said, I did not call. Uh, lie down again, and he went and laid down. On to verse six. Then the Lord called yet again, Samuel. He has the voice of God. So Samuel arose and went to Eli, and he said, here I am, for you called me, he answered. I did not call you, my son, lie down again. There's almost a tone of affection here. I didn't call you, my boy. I didn't call you, my son, go lie down again. Now, Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. Although he was serving in the temple and so on, he had not yet come to know how God speaks and the revelation uh, of God and how it comes. Verse eight, and the Lord called Samuel again the third time. So he arose and went to Eli and said, here I am, for you did call me. Then Eli perceived, I find that interesting, Eli perceived. It's almost as though this high priest had gotten out of the habit of actively hearing and obeying the voice of God. And eventually, he begins to realize, he perceived that the Lord had called the boy. Then Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down, and it shall be, if he calls you, that you must say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood and called, as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Some people say, well, was there perhaps some sort of a, a visual thing that Samuel was seeing Most scholars would agree that it was the voice of God that had been there at the Ark of the Covenant and now it had come closer and and so it's almost like the voice had come closer and the voice almost stood there and so he hears the voice of God where God says, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, speak, your servant hears. Then the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I will do something in Israel at which both ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. You know what? It was actually a word of judgment that God was speaking to Samuel against the house of Eli because there had been many corrupt things that had taken place. And this word was even one that ultimately would see the ark of God's presence Taken and stolen by the enemy and stored at the enemy's camp. That's why it would cause people's ears to tingle. Verse 17. In that day, this is God speaking, I will perform against Eli all that I've spoken to his house from beginning to end. For I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knows I just want to say this, that sometimes when we know of iniquity that has been done, even if it has been done by our children or somebody else, and we do nothing about it, God will even hold us in part responsible for that. Because his sons made themselves vile, and he did not restrain them. What were the sons doing? They were stealing of the sacrifices that people came to offer God. What else were they doing? As some of the ladies came to offer sacrifices, these two sons were sleeping with these ladies. What a terrible thing. And therefore, verse 14, I have sworn to the house of Eli, the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for by sacrifice or offering forever. So the word has now finished being spoken. So Samuel lay down until morning and opened the doors of the house of the Lord. And Samuel was afraid to tell Eli the vision. Maybe you would have been exactly the same, me as well. We're scared. I don't want to tell the prophet this vision of judgment against his house. Then Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. He answered, here I am. And he said, what is the word that the Lord spoke to you? Please do not hide it from me, for God do so to you, and more so, if you hide anything from me of all the things he said to you. Wow, talk about putting this young boy under pressure to speak. (laughs) And it's almost like there's a threat and even a bit of manipulation here but I believe it's because Eli sensed that this was probably a word of judgment and he wanted to know the word of judgment. In the last verse, verse 18, it says, then Samuel told him everything. That's what good prophets should do. (laughs) And hid nothing from him. And then Eli said, it is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. Now, just by the way, in verse 18, it says, then Samuel told Eli everything. Do you realize that it was in that moment that Samuel became a prophet of God and went on, went on to be used by God? And he was known as a true prophet throughout all the land. But it's interesting, in that moment, when God had revealed something and he spoke it, he became a prophet and he stepped into his destiny. I find that interesting. Now, there are three points that I'd like to share with you. Number one, what can we learn from Samuel's encounter? This is one of three points. What can we learn from Samuel's encounter with God, with the voice of God? And there's a whole lot of things that we can probably learn. I'd like to mention just a few. We can learn that God doesn't only speak to adults. He speaks to children too. Don't you just love that about God? It reminds me of Jesus and how the disciples didn't want the children to come and pester him. He said, no, 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 let them come. For to such belongs the kingdom of heaven. Now Samuel was a young boy when he heard God speak. The Bible theologians estimate he was probably about 12 years of age. You see, you can be a young child And you can hear God speak. You could be listening to me today. You sit with your parents as you're listening to the service and you're seven years old and you think, God can can God speak to me? And I want to say, yes, he can. You could be nine years old. You could be 12 years old. It doesn't matter what age. God loves to speak to you. And so don't think that this is only for adults. Start listening to God from an early age. Amen. Another thing we can learn is that in those days, the word of God was quite rare, but these days, God is freely speaking to his people. Verse one of our text says, the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. Now, however, these days, under the new covenant, I wanna say this, that the communication channels are wide open. We're living in the day of prophecy, visions, and dreams. And it says in uh, Acts 2, verse 17, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And so I praise God that we are living in these days. These are the days of Revelation. This is not the time of limited revelation. And so I wanna say to you, child of God, as you're listening to me today, expect the communication channels to be open. Expect that God can give you dreams. Expect that prophecy can be uh, the order of the day. Expect that there can be visions, dreams, and expect to hear the voice of God. This is not the dark ages. God is speaking freely to his people. What else can we learn from Samuel's encounter? Well, we can learn that God often uses the night hours to speak to us. Have you ever found that? That God uses the night hours? It says in verse three, while Samuel was lying down, the Lord called. So it is clear from our text that it was nighttime, the candles were burning in the tabernacle, And also Samuel was in bed and Eli was also in bed. And also after God spoke to Samuel, he went back to bed until morning and then he got up and he opened the doors uh, of the temple or the tabernacle. And so I believe that God often speaks to us in the night hours, perhaps for a practical reason, that there are fewer disturbances. There are fewer things that are bothering us, and it's easier to get our attention. I find for myself that God often speaks to me in the night hours, in particular, when I put my head on the pillow at night, Pop my head out on the pillow, and maybe I'm thinking about what happened in the day, or, or praying something to the Lord, or thinking about tomorrow, and quite often, the Lord just speaks something into my heart at that point in time. Or sometimes it's when I'm stirring in the early morning before I properly wake up. But most often, there are times when God speaks to me at, as, at, when I put my head on the pillow at night. Another thing that we can learn from Samuel's encounter is that the best way to respond to God's voice is with an open heart, a receptive heart. You see, when, when finally Samuel realized on the fourth time that it was God speaking, he responded so beautifully. Now, yes, he had been coached by Eli, but still he said, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. And I wanna say to you, I suggest this is an example for you and I to follow, that we would respond with an open heart to God that we would be receptive, that we would be responsive and enthusiastic. Let me tell you, when you phone a friend and they're happy to talk to you on the phone, they're happy to chat with you, you wanna, you know, phone them more regularly. And so we can learn a whole bunch of things through how the story of the encounter took place with Samuel. Now, point number two. How do we practically hear the voice of God? This is very important, and I wanna ask that you listen really carefully. Firstly, we need to realize that not all of the thoughts that are in our minds are our own thoughts. Do you know that the enemy can place thoughts in your mind? He can suddenly place a fear in your mind. Satan is able to place thoughts in our minds. He did this when Je- with Jesus. When Jesus was led into the wilderness, that's in Matthew four, verse one to 11, and he was placing thoughts uh, of the kingdom of darkness trying to get Jesus to respond to that. Satan also placed the thought in Judas Iscariot's mind to betray Jesus. That's in John 13, verse 27. Another instance is where the enemy placed thoughts in Ananias and Sapphira's mind to lie to God. And it says in Acts 5, verse 3, it says, But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie? What happened? Satan put in a thought to lie and keep back some of the money and not give as as God had put in their heart. Why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself? So, Satan is able to place thoughts in our minds. Another thing, most certainly, God is able to place thoughts in our minds. Praise the Lord for that. This is clear through various aspects in Scripture, but also Matthew 10, verse 19 to 20, where it says that God will give us the words to speak to our accusers. And when we have to stand up and speak, we might not know what to say. God says, I will give you the words. I will put the thoughts into your mind. God can most certainly speak into the hearts of his children. And then also, our own minds generate thoughts within us. We all know that. That is common. And so essentially, there are these three sources. We can have voices that come or thoughts that come from God, from the enemy, and from ourselves. Now, if we can learn to discern which voice is which, then we will be able to hear and recognize the voice of God more clearly. And that's what we want to do. And so one of the questions is, well then how? How do we discern between these three voices? You see, Satan's voice is always in line with his character. And so the thoughts that he places in our minds will be thoughts to accuse, thoughts to condemn, thoughts to attack, thoughts to lie. He'll suddenly just tell you, you don't look nice. You don't look pretty. He'll lie to you. That is a thought from the enemy. He will try to instill fear. He will try to put in thoughts of destruction in your mind. So then you can identify, ah, that's the devil. Because these are lies and these are fears. Also then, the voice of our own minds, that tends to be analytical or cognitive. And most of the time, we are dealing with thoughts in our own mind of this nature. Just the normal thoughts, the normal train of thoughts, the normal cognitive thoughts. But listen to this. The voice of God is sensed as a spontaneous thought. Now I wanna read to you what Mark Verkler says. He says, God's voice is sensed as a spontaneous idea appearing in the mind. Let me say that again. God's voice is sensed as a spontaneous idea, appearing in the mind. The key word is spontaneous. Let me also just say this, that it doesn't mean that every spontaneous thought is from God. Sometimes maybe you could have a spontaneous thought and you just think, I should pick up some paintbrushes. I should start a paint. You know, spontaneous creative thought. But one thing's for sure as people who have written about understanding the voice of God have written many different things on how they experience the voice of God, this is clear that the voice of God is sensed as a spontaneous thought. Now, something from my dad's writings, Pastor Ed Rabert, he writes about the voice of God. Listen to this, it's beautiful. He says, do you remember a time, perhaps when you were driving, When suddenly someone's name popped into your mind and you just knew you were supposed to pray for them. You hadn't been thinking about them at the time. The idea just came out of nowhere. This is the voice of God. A chance idea that intersects your mind, not flowing from the normal meditative process, but simply appearing in the heart. This is God's voice. An idea from God lighting upon your heart and being registered in your mind as a spontaneous thought. I really love that. And I wanna say to you, some of you that have struggled around hearing the voice of God, I would encourage you to get this message on our website free of charge and listen to it over and over again and you'll begin to discover that these truths are actually so powerful And so there is this spontaneous thought. Let's say you're driving along and and you're not thinking about, well, I'm driving here and this road goes there and this road goes there and it ends up at my friend's house and maybe I should pray for my friend. No, it's not the normal train of thought. You're just going along. You're not even in the least bit thinking about your friend. And suddenly, out of the blue, there's just the sense of, I need to pray for them. That is the voice of God speaking to you. The spontaneous thought that just suddenly lights up in your heart and mind. Is anybody getting something out of this, amen? Now, point number three, the last point. What are some indicators that you've just heard God speak? Because you should sort of assess, well, is is this God? The spontaneous thought that I've just had. Well, one of the things is this. How do you know? What is an indicator that you've just heard God speak? Well, God's voice is usually gentle. I'm gonna mention four of these indicators. Gentle. His voice is gentle. It can easily be cut off by our own thoughts. Most times, God is not trying to shout above the noise to get your attention. And that's why it says in Psalm 46, verse 10, it says, be still and know that I am God. It is important that we get still. And one of the very important things that I wanna say to you today is that one of the most common ways in which God speaks to his children is through a still, small voice. It is gentle. And we know that Elijah, he experienced this firsthand. God wanted to speak to Elijah and God said, go stand on the mountain. And what happened is God caused a tremendous wind to pass by, but God wasn't in the wind. He caused an earthquake to pass by. God wasn't in the earthquake. He caused a fire to pass by. God wasn't in the fire. But then came the still, gentle voice, and Elijah recognized God was in the still, gentle voice. But the Lord was not in those dramatic demonstrations. Rather, he was in the still, small voice. And I wanna say this to you, that sometimes you and I are saying, God, speak through writing on the wall. Speak through something dramatic. And at times, God may well do that. But most often, He speaks deep down in your heart and in your spirit, and He leads you and guides you. Another indicator that you've just heard God speak is unusual content. You see, God's voice has unusual content. It is better than our own thoughts. It is different to our own thoughts because God is wiser. He's more merciful. His thoughts are more truthful. God is more discerning and He is more concerned with right motives. You might be thinking about somebody that did you wrong and you're thinking about, I wanna get back at them. They said this to my friends about me. I wanna get back at them. And suddenly you have this beautiful thought, wiser than your own. And God says, do a kind act to them. Buy them lunch or something like that. And you realize God's ways are higher. Isaiah 55 verse 9 says, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts than your thoughts. Another indicator that you've just heard God speak is spiritual reaction. You see, God's voice causes a spiritual reaction within us. When God has said something to you, it quite often is the case that there's a little bit of excitement. You just feel like, wow, God dropped that into my heart. There's an excitement there. And when you sense God speaking, there will often be excitement, or there may be conviction, or there may be amazement, or there may be peace. Because when God speaks, his voice carries power with it. And suddenly, you just sense excitement as God has spoken. The other one is that, uh, an, an indicator that you just heard God speak, is that God's voice carries with it the strength to do it. When God speaks to you, you will discover that faith is released in your heart and you have the strength to do it. And suddenly God speaks to your heart and speaks to your mind and says, it is time to launch out and buy that thing. God says it's time to launch out and uh, start becoming a life group leader. (laughs) It's time to launch out and begin that business. But because God's spoken, it carries with it the strength to do it. And so these are four indicators. There could be many more that you've just heard the voice of God. His voice is gentle, It carries unusual content because his thoughts are better than ours. It causes a spiritual reaction of excitement and also it carries with it strength and faith to do what God has called us to do. And I wanna say to you as I'm drawing to a close, folks, that hearing the voice of God is incredibly exciting. This is a wonderful way in which to live in communion and in fellowship with God. And so I wanna appeal to you, would you please get hungry for God? Would you please get hungry for the voice of the Lord? Maybe you have stopped in the last nine months actively hearing from God and you're not giving attention to that. I wanna ask you, would you get hungry for the voice of God? Ask Him to speak. Expect to hear His voice. Incline your ear to Him and you watch what God will do. Because as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. This is the life God calls us to. A life of hearing Him and responding to what He is initiating. Would you please stand with me, those in the house, would you stand with me? And I feel to end off in this brief moment before we continue on in worship. I feel to end off with the words of Samuel. What are the words? Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. And I want to ask that we say that out aloud in the house together. Those words, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. That we're going to say that three times together, and then I will close in prayer. Here we go. Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. And again, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. One more time. Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. And so, God, we are serious about tuning into your voice. Holy Spirit, you speak to us. Father, Jesus, you speak to us. And as your children, we are making it known today that we want to say, yes, Lord, to hearing your voice. And I thank you that you love to speak to us. So I speak against any blockages in people's spiritual hearts and ears and I say, be gone in the name of Jesus. Ears be opened. And I thank you that in the rest of this day, in the week ahead, we will hear the voice of the Lord. Amen and amen. So we thank you, Lord. Thank you for what you're doing here this morning. Thank you that faith is arising in our hearts. And thank you that we can hear the voice of the Almighty God. And Lord, now as we continue to worship You, I pray that even during the time of worship, that You would drop thoughts into our hearts, drop thoughts into our minds in Jesus' name, and that You would be speaking to us even during the time of worship. Thank You, Father, in Jesus' name. Thank You, Lord.